Back here, it is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. We're going to head to Arrowhead in just a minute as soon as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes step up to the podium. The Chiefs uh, did mention right before Andy is about to step up that McCole Hardman, uh, illness due to his abdomen, Juju concussion, Chris Lamont's concussion, Mark Quez Valdez-Scantling, illness will not practice today as they well. get set to take on the Chargers. Uh, so we'll hear from Andy more on, on kind of the details behind that. But again, McCole Hardman, Juju, Lamont's MVS not practicing today. I guess the, the Hardman one is a bit confusing. Illness to his abdomen. Before it was an <laughs> abdomen injury, right? I, and I, and I'm by the way, our, our Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider. So his abdomen say. has the flu, maybe? So I don't know if that's just the wording that they used or maybe that's what the wording <laughs> that Pete used. I have no just idea. But I'm just reading Pete's tweet who's there. And again, we'll hear maybe more detail on that from Andy in just a minute. But um, an abdomen illness. <laughs> an injury? I don't know how that works. Uh, I I'm going to need Andy Reid to talk because if we try to make some sort of guess, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna understand what's abdomen happening there. illness. Huh. Okay. Nick had an abdomen illness once, related to some well, sort of flu he caught at my house. Yeah, there wasn't an abdomen illness. That's where <laughs> the pain was concentrated, but. Someone says exactly. this is an actual diagnosis. Frank Clark, did, did, is his stuff a stomach? Is yeah, a, no his kidding. is a stomach illness. We know that. Yeah. Well, he's back. Frank Clark's back. He, he He'll practice is. today. Got a couple of game break after, I don't know, his stuff three years ago or whatever the hell it happened. Years and years and years and years and years ago now. But it does feel like with the Chiefs this week, there's a chance they're going to be. I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that they are going to be shorthanded going into the Chargers game more so than they have been in a few weeks because now that they got a two-game lead and this game's got a little less pressure on it, it doesn't feel the same need or issue to try to solve that in the moment, which goes a long way for them, I think. Like, if they don't have to try to solve that automatically and they know if they lose this game, they are still ahead in the division, all their dreams are ahead of them, then it's different. All right, let's go out and hear from Andy Reid. Oh, as the... Illness to his abdomen. Um, he's getting better, but not back yet. Uh, two people in concussion protocol are uh, Lamons and Juju. And then Scantling is just sick. He, he's got an illness. So uh, Frank is back, which is a positive. Um, and then we look forward to playing the Chargers. We know they're a good football team. They're getting some of their players back. We're, we realize that. And, um, and so... We'll, um, you know, we'll have a good week of practice, get ready for him starting today. Time yours. With uh, Juju, and understanding that he is in the concussion protocol, Coach, what's your outlook for him this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you take it day by day. Um, but we'll be cautious with it. I, I, we're not going to do anything that you shouldn't do according to what the data shows so, and how he feels. As a as a league, with the things that happened this year around, you know, with the tour situation, all that stuff. How much more cognizant are you guys of this than maybe you were twenty years ago when you started? Yeah, listen, I think the league does a great job. It, the one thing that amazed me about the league is they don't shy away from uh, situations. So as tough as it can be, some people turn their back on things. I don't think the league does that. Um, and this has been one of them. I mean, you know, the time that we've spent at the owner meetings on uh, protection for players, uh, safety, uh, in particular concussions and, and soft 
tissue injury. So um, I, I think it's come a long way. I think it will continue to develop as the helmets get better and the rules, uh, the guys get used to the rules and the officials get used to officiating it and so on and so forth. So. Coach, one of the things, just kind of following up on what you were uh, just describing, Bill Belichick, I believe on Monday or Tuesday, talked about um, being able to utilize a challenge after the two-minute warning. Um, I believe you're on the competition committee. What are your thoughts on that? Because, and, and I think it's coming some, from some of the missed calls that the officials uh, may have missed over the weekend. Yeah, I'm on the coaches committee, not, not the competition committee, we, uh, but we deal with that that, that stuff. Um, I I don't have uh, one way or the other. I, I haven't talked to Bill, so I mean, uh, but normally if he says something, it's he's put some thought into it, and it's normally a pretty good idea. So um, uh, you know, it's maybe something we look at in the offseason. On Sunday, you mentioned the MRI for Wiley. Uh, I guess he's back to practice, so everything was okay with with his elbow. Yes, um, yes. They, they braced it. You'll see him. He has a brace on it, but he's he feels pretty good. Coach, I know you guys have always been aggressive, and we've asked Dave this a couple of times when he's been available. They told um, you like to be aggressive on the returns and everything when it's possible. But is the game evolving to where the kickers, the punters, the coverages are so good that you know you just can't have the kind of returns, the kind of success you've had in years past? And, yeah, and, yeah. Some of his rules too, and. They change um, to try to protect the guys. Um, there are a lot of injuries that have taken place on in the kicking game, so they move that around. Now, Dave's a good one to talk to because he's on that committee where they, they talk about all that stuff. So, um, But I, I still think it's a, a viable part of the game, and I, I still think you make plays there um, when you have the ball, uh, the opportunity to you know, block, Tackle. I mean, those those fundamentals become very important on special teams. The return, your blocking has to in space has to be very good. That takes skill and and work. So, and we need to get better at it. Sorry, does your uh, philosophy change with the way Patrick has evolved and and has you know effective as he's been? Do you? You know, okay, we want to be aggressive now. We can dial back a little bit because we, we you know, got a guy that we really trust uh, at under center. Um, I don't know, maybe in certain cases. Um, I mean, it's it would be the situ whatever situation. You know, specifically if I say no and we do something, it's that I'm I look like a fool up here. But um, uh, you know, there's certain times when you're going to be a little bit more aggressive than than others. Andy, how did Clyde take his uh, lower amount of playing time the other night? And what would you tell him about yeah. that and, and his role going forward? I probably love about Clyde. Clyde wants to play. You know? So I, I wouldn't expect anything less than that. How he handled it, though, was like a pro. But he wants to play. And I would think less of him if he didn't want to play. So the, it's the way that rotation goes. It's a crazy, crazy thing because we don't go in thinking that. And, but... Because of the way the series worked, short series here, and he gets in for three plays and he's out. You know, we don't have that many three and outs as an offense, and uh, he happened to be in one of them. So it, it, the numbers got skewed, and it's kind of what happened with Pacheco. You know, before that, so well, we're we're working through it, and it's not because of his ability. I mean, that's not. Thank you. A different health and safety issue from concussions, but SoFi Stadiums, 
turf has been in the crosshairs a lot. Mm. Where do you stand on artificial turf, natural grass? Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I prefer natural grass. I, you know, I've, I've listened to all the studies, the density studies. Um, I've seen all the different compounds that they put into the thing. All the, I still like grass, you know, natural grass, the way our league does it. I mean, I've seen some fields that I'd probably go get, you know, let's go artificial hunt. But uh, for the most part, the guys that take care of these fields in the league do a nice job. And uh, the grass fields, I'm saying. And, and the turf, I mean, they make it as good as they can possibly make it with the turf stuff, uh, with the artificial turf. But I would prefer regular, regular grass. Coach, I was going to follow up on Adam's question about the running back situation. It was reported that you all had interest in uh, Eno Benjamin before the Texans uh, cleaned him off the waivers. But looking at that, if that were to be the case, and they think how about that particularly, but uh, if you were to bring another running back in, what's that, what's that say about Ronald Jones and his, and his ability to be able to make the, make the active list? Yeah, I, I didn't hear anything about that, so I I honestly don't know anything about it. I know Brett looks at everybody, but everything, but I don't, I never heard that. I mean, we're we're good with what we have right there. Was there any, what, what does he need to do, I guess, to see the field? I know we haven't seen him. Too yeah, so Ronald's a capable player, obviously. Um, and it's the number, it, it all started back in training camp. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. So when you, you, you kind of lose out on the spot, now you got to wait till somebody, you know, gets banged up or sick or something of that sort and until you get in. I mean, you're not going to dress more than three of them normally. And, uh, but he, we feel very comfortable with him being in there too. So. It sounds like MVS might be okay, but uh, today you'll be rolling with Watson, Tony, and more. Just how confident are you in the depth of the receiver? Yeah, we're good. We're, you know, we're good. We've got a couple other guys. Uh, you know, you've seen Kemp up in a few weeks. Uh, not this past game, but two before that. So we, we know he can do it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're fine. Andy, the, um, in relation yeah. to you guys taking over the number one spot in the UFC, certainly a long way to go, but just wanted to backtrack to the offseason, the moves you guys made, obviously getting rid of, of a, a pretty high caliber player. Can you recall having a conversation with the team as far as, hey, the, the end goal doesn't change when, when you make a move like that? I mean, or was it just a natural yeah. thing? You know what I'm saying? I think the players know how we roll, and uh, you don't really have to say that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he's having a good year. I mean, that's that's great for the National Football League. It's great for him and his family. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. And that's the way we approach it. But we also have good players, and Brett does it as well as anybody. I'm, I'm finding people and bringing them in that he thinks will fit in the offense, defense, and special team. So well, we have full trust in him as a coaching staff. Uh, but the guys that we've had here, man, we've loved having and we want them to be able to make a living doing it and make as much money as they possibly can doing it. So if they go somewhere else, they go somewhere else, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get what we need and, and, and go roll. We're sitting here in the middle of November. You guys have had a couple of dog fights with AFC West teams already this year. But if you win this game, you're three games clear of the Chargers. Are you surprised that that's how the division has shaken out so far this year? Well, you're right at that time where, I mean, these games are so, so important. Um, it's important for the Chargers, it's important for us, Denver, and, and the Raiders likewise. So um, that, that's the time of year you're in. And you got to make sure that you, you're batting down the hatches, man, and, and get things, uh, detail your work, and, and you know, don't leave anything 
uncovered there. So. Last one, Herbs. Coach, on, on Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously there's a lot of controversy around that hit. Have you heard from the league um, clarifying whether it was a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder hit or was it helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit? No, I mean, I heard from the officials, but I haven't heard from the league yet. They'll, they'll give us our report here. What did you hear from the officials? It was shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. Well, you were talking about what? During the game. The yeah, at the game. Which, would the, is it standard for the league to, and, I, and something since that's become a big talking point around, is it standard for the league to reach out to you, or is that the kind of thing you have to reach out to them to get some kind of input? Yeah, well, it goes both ways. Okay. Yeah, it goes both ways. But we, we, you know, we have a form that we can fill out and ask questions. So. Okay, thanks, Coach. Yep. All right, that's Andy Reid out at Arrowhead. You listen to 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. We're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes in just a minute or so. Of course, on the injury front, as we mentioned on the front end of that, I mean, it didn't sound all that optimistic on, on Juju, nor should they rush anything anyway. They said they're going to go through all the protocols that are required there. Um, McCole Hardman not going to practice today. You, you heard about MVS as well. Andrew Wiley sounds like they're not worried about his injury status now. He's going to have a little brace on the elbow, but he is going to practice, going to be good to go. I, I did want to talk, and I don't want to get too deep into it now because I know Mahomes is going to walk up to the podium any minute, uh, but he was asked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I, I want to have a discussion about that because he said they're going to continue to use a running back by committee. But let's go back out there and hear from Patrick. This is uh, obviously a big game in the division. Are you, are you surprised at all that – you win this, you'll be three games up in the division after all the moves that were made in the West to make this a little more competitive with you guys. Um, yeah, because you understand, we've played two of these teams now. We haven't played Denver yet, but you know that they're great football teams. They just in football, man, anybody can beat anybody any day. Um, and so it hasn't gone their way in some of these games, these close, uh, hard-fought games. Um, but we understand how good the Chargers are. Um, we're not looking ahead to being three games up or whatever it is. We're looking at well, what can we do to win today so that we can win on Sunday. And so uh, we understand it's going to be a great challenge, and uh, we're going to play our best football if we want to win. Patrick, I expanded on this, but the moves you guys made in the offseason, obviously getting rid of a pretty high-caliber player, what was the mindset after that? As far, I asked this because you guys took over number one seed. What was the, the mindset as far as keep striving towards the same goal? Was there a conversation you felt like you had with the players and I think I think guys just understand the culture that Coach Reed has built here over the years. Um, it's it's bigger than one player. It's bigger than myself. Um, and so, uh, what can we do to improve ourselves to give ourselves the best chance to win? And we understand how great Tyreek is. Um, and I think people see that now in Miami even more than they saw it here. Um, how, how special of a player that he is. Um, but in this offense, it's about everybody. How can we can we make each other better? And uh, we brought new guys in and kind of kept the older guys have gotten bigger roles. Um, and we've done whatever we can to win football games, and that's, that's helped us get this, being the number one seed now, but how can we continue that and get even better as the season goes on? Andrew, were you pretty confident that both of you guys would excel the way that you have once you one time with each other? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw Tyreek at practice every single day, so I knew that he was going to make plays no matter where he was at, and uh, he got in a great offense with a lot of other great players, so it made it easy, easy for him to go out there and show his talent. Um, and then for us, I mean, I knew the guys that we had in our locker room. And, I, and like I said at the beginning of the year, man, Coach Reed's had success everywhere. So if I just do what he says, usually good things happen. Does it surprise you that people seem to get healthy the week of when they, when they come to when – uh, when you're about to play? And I believe uh, Mike Williams along with Keenan Allen, they're expected to come back and play this week kind of. And then, you know, who knows what happens next week. I mean, it's 
it's, it's, it's a good thing to me. I mean, you're playing the best. Uh, I mean, every single week we want to play the best. We want to prepare ourselves to make a run in the playoffs uh, to try to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And uh, if you play the best teams and with their, with their best players and you win, it gives you that confidence that you can continue to get better and better. And, and whenever you play them in the playoffs, uh, you're ready for it. Patrick, because of injuries and such, you're going to start the week receiver-wise with, with Watson, Moore, and Tony. Just, that's obviously a little bit different. What gives you the confidence in, in those that group of, of guys? Yeah, I mean, we just we put guys in positions to succeed. Um, and so for me, it's about executing the offense, finding the open guy, um, and uh, getting the ball out of my hands and letting those guys make plays. And we've seen over the, the year um, that these guys can make plays in big moments. Um, and so we'll give them those chances as well as have some younger guys step up and then hopefully we can get some guys back later in the, later in the week and if not, uh, we'll be ready to go with whoever's out there. Specifically Watson, how, how critical has he been in, in sort of that underrated role for you guys this season in big spots? Yeah, I mean he's made a lot of big catches um, and, and big parts in games. He does a great job of blocking. Um, he's, he's, it's crazy, like he, at the end, in that last game whenever we had some guys go out there back to back, he was kind of telling guys Hey, you go to this position and you play take Juju's role, you take Marquez's role, and he knows every position on the football field, and he just wants to get out, go out there and have success. So, uh, uh, having guys like that, and, and I mean, like that we have in the whole receiving room now, uh, I think we'll we'll be fine of just going out there and executing the offense. Patrick, you, uh, I saw yesterday that you quote tweeted Baldy's video of Jared McKinnon and his blocking ability. Um, just what do you appreciate most about what he's been able to do to, to keep you upright in certain moments this season? Yeah, I mean, he has a great understanding of the protection plan. I mean, everything. Uh, that, that look that we got was kind of an unscouted look that we had gotten early in the season versus the Colts where they used one of their linebackers to pick the tackle and then the DN loops around. And earlier in the season, you might go with the linebacker because that's technically your guy, but he passed it off like he was an offensive lineman, man. And so um, for him, just knowing the protection plan, having that, like I said, that dog to step up and block a defensive end that's 6'5", 6'6", uh, 280, um, and, and give me enough time to throw the ball downfield. I mean, that's what it takes in order to be a great team is everybody doing their job. Um, and it's special for a guy like that to, to take on that that job and, and do such a great job of it. Patrick, two-fold question. Uh, do, do you prefer um, being the top dog to where everybody's coming after you, or did you like it to where you were kind of trying to trying to catch what Buffalo is uh, at the moment I'll follow up? I don't really care. I just want to win. Okay, that, that's good. Mm -hmm. that, that being the case, what has surprised you most, uh, you know, each week, week in and week out, obviously, you know, you going coming out of the game Sunday, you see the Minnesota-Buffalo game being in the dogfight, and then, of course, you know, obviously anything can happen in the NFL, but then Philadelphia losing Monday night to Washington where, they, you know, people were – so, I mean, what has surprised you most when you see week in and week out in the NFL? It's not, not anything that surprises me. I mean, I understand it, man. I mean, everybody can beat everybody. I mean, they're – great players on every single team in this league and it's about who executes when it counts the most and that's why we take situational football so so uh, it's so important here it's because it's uh, something that that changes games I mean everybody has great players um, and uh, we really focus on the situations that are going to win games and we've done a great job this year of winning those situations but let's keep it going and uh, whenever we get put in those situations again let's maximize our opportunity and win more football games. Patrick when you look at surprised uh, what Tony's been able to give you coming in so late? Um, not, I, I wasn't surprised about him making the plays, um, but just us being able to move him around as much as we have, I mean, it's, it, it's a testament to him, man. He's really got in here. He's learned, um, he's learned multiple positions and we have, we've moved him around now. It's not like he's in that one spot. Um, and so I, we'll just continue to build on that. We don't want to overwhelm him. Uh, we don't want to put too much on his plate. 
Um, but we're going to keep giving them more and more and, and, and more involved in this offense because it'll make this offense better as a whole as the season goes on. Back to the Tyree trade for a second. Was there any thought at the time in your mind that maybe this was going to be a little more of a rebuilding year? Not a complete rebuild, obviously, but any more of a rebuilding year than anything else you've gone through since you've been here? Uh, not necessarily. Um, every time I step on that football field, I, I expect to win. Um, and I think Coach, Coach Reed and Brett Veach, uh, are going to put guys around are guys around me that we're going to go out there and win football games, and I think they've done that. And even though we have young guys, we knew it was going to take time for them to keep getting more and more accustomed to how we do things. Um, but we won some of those tight games early early in the year, and I said those are some big wins for us because um, those guys will learn even faster. And I think now we can c continue to just build and build, and hopefully we can have the best team going into the playoffs whenever we're ready. Patrick, just want to ask you about Justin Herbert, another young quarterback, and he was a little bit younger than you, but do you see any of yourself in the way that he plays or maybe vice versa? I mean, he's a, spe he's a special arm talent, man. He throws some, some passes that I don't think anyone can throw in this league, and that includes myself. I mean, he has a, a cannon for an arm. You watch it, I watch on film every week because we like, play similar opponents, um, and there's some throws you just kind of shake your head because uh, they're, they're, they're that special. And so uh, I understand it would be a great challenge for us as a team to go up against the Chargers and the, the talent that they have over there. And so how can we match that intensity? How can we match that talent and go out there and win a football game is, is what we have to focus on. Uh, Patrick, I know the next man mentality, you know, that uh, when a guy goes down, you're obviously not going to quit, right? You keep mm -hmm. playing and you got to put it in there. But it changes. The different skill sets change. When, when Juju comes out and somebody else has to play his role, do you go through a – quick mental checklist, okay, this guy does this better, he does this better, and I'm, I'm looking to make different reads based upon what his skill set is? Uh, not necessarily different reads. I think the coaches do a great job of putting the right guys in the right positions. Um, and so I think you saw right when Juju went out, we put Sky kind of in that inside role, let him catch the ball, get upfield. Um, that was Juju's route, but Sky can do some of those similar type things, so let's put him in that position. Um, if, if Like when McColl came out, we put Justin Watson, we put the Chargers the last time in that same position that it was McColl's route, he was tired, put Justin Watson in there, fast guy, he makes a play happen. And so I just rely on my coaches to put guys in the right position. And then I go through the reads, how I'm supposed to go through the reads. Um, and, I mean, other than if Kelsey's manned up, I give him the ball. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I go through the reads the way I'm supposed to go through the reads, and uh, usually good things happen. And then you said several years ago when you were on uh, – I've asked you this before, but just get an update. Like when you were on LeBron's the shop, mm -hmm. you said, hey, in a couple of years, you know, I'll really feel it. You were kind of talking about Tom Brady and Peyton mm -hmm. Manning. You're four and a half years in as a starter, five and a half years in now. Do you feel like you know it all now, that you're, it's reaction the way you were kind of aspiring it to be several years ago? Um, I think I'm definitely even a step further um, along with my process. But I still think I have a lot to learn. I mean, there's still – certain protections that I get beat on because of the blitzes. There are certain uh, coverages that get me because I don't recognize certain tells. Um, so there's stuff that I can continue to get better at. Um, but, I mean, like the struggles like I went through last year, I think, are something that you can just build on and learn from. And I think it's helped me be a little bit more patient. Um, but the, but there's still some times, like the end of the last game, I threw the pick where I get a little like, too aggressive. So I try to just kind of maintain that balance of being aggressive but taking the, making the right decision. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> All right, that was Patrick Mahomes out at Arrowhead. We'll get into some of the specific things he had to say with Kling. So Josh Klingler is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. Chief Silent Reporter obviously is talking about, you know, when, when guys are out, how much faith and trust does he have in each one of his wide receivers, mentioning how it ended up playing out. And even in week two where McCall Harmon was hurt, had the heel injury, that's when he first had it, and then Justin Watson actually got that touchdown in the Chargers game. And just mentioning how it's more about filling in in particular routes 
uh, and, and different level of, of, of trust with the receivers. He did joke. He's like, with Kelsey, even if Kelsey's manned up, I'm still throwing him the football. He's the guy where even if he's not always open, he trusts Kelsey, he's going to throw him the football. You think? That's the guy where it's like, even if he's guarded pretty well, I'll still throw it to him sometimes because I trust him. I think that was maybe the most impressive one of, of Tony's many impressive moments in that game probably was the fact that, you know, that was a trust me ball, right? That was, I'm just going to throw this up and you catch it, please. But we see him do that to everybody. He did it to MVS and what was a red zone interception against the Chargers, right? When he threw that ball up just kind of in the middle of nowhere, or maybe that was the Colts game, in the middle of just, he threw it up to him in the end zone. McColl didn't high point it, or MVS didn't high point it the way he wanted. The defender stole the ball away and it ended up being a red zone pick. Mahomes seems like he's got a lot of faith in pretty much all of his weapons at this point. I mean, you heard him mention Sky more as well, right? So it's not like... They're really trying to, they, they mentioned Sky and Clyde multiple times. By the way, if I, if I <laughs> Nick whispered in my ear during, whispered, that made it sound weird. Nick oh, talked does that happen in a my lot? ear. Nick, does he whisper in your ear during a lot? The thing, really he's 100% close. right during I the Andy thing. If I have to hear one more person mention the name Ronald oh, Jones, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna jump out this window. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Well, we have video is. now. So here, let me turn the cameras. We've got, <laughs> we got video for that. So there is, yep. there's this thing that happens. that's happened a lot with, with Kansas football. I am familiar with ineptitude from my sports team. So I under I, I can relate to Chiefs fans who are watching the lack of production from the running back room and just saying, well, is there anybody else? They did this forever with with Kansas quarterbacks. The first guy wouldn't work and the second guy. They're like, how about the third guy? Maybe he's the answer. And I thought, if you've seen how bad the first two are, Imagine, imagine for a moment how bad the <laughs> next guy is going to be. So like, I, yes, let's I go to the fourth string guy who can't even make the active roster and see if he's the key. He's been active I, for a I single game. 100% agree with both of you. And I know this is a different scale because the fourth string running back and he can't even get active. But that is what you just said is somewhat of my argument when we bring up, well, there's got to be a better right tackle on the team. It's kind of, At it's least kind he's of, kind only of the, same the thing. second right tackle, uh, you know, not the fourth. Now, I still agree with, I agree with Alex in that Also, Prince just well. played, so this is a bad time to talk about the right yeah, tackle. He, he just he, played he, and played well. So, so again, like, point. He, he, <laughs> I take he didn't point. screw up is basically <laughs> a different. Like, what? Nice. Are we going to have a score? score? All right, hold on. So we have a whiteboard in here that still yeah. has our weights. You want to well, erase that and start putting points? <laughs> points. Points That's on point the damn board. I win one point. I'm up one to zero uh, to zero. We'll, we'll talk more about that with, with Clang, just in the, the running back situation. because points? Prince Andy, or the running back situation? The, the running back situation. Let's, let's do that. And I'm sure we'll get his thoughts on this downtown stadium because I, I, I think – we, we look at the Royals downtown stadium project near downtown ballpark district. They want to build right a $2 billion project timeline is still to be determined. Uh, the Royals though, basically I've said we're, we're done with Kauffman stadium that we know. And the rest is going to have to be figured out. But what, what does it mean for the chiefs? That I think is interesting because it has, it has absolutely an impact on what the chiefs do. We, we know we the options to. for the chiefs are a, they can renovate current arrowhead B. They could build, New Arrowhead, where Kaufman is, that requires the Royals to leave, which they now are. Or, of course, the third option is that they end up going across the state line to Kansas. I think we all know that's the least likely of the three, but it's definitely an option. This news yesterday that the Royals are going to eventually leave Kaufman Stadium sets up where I, I think the most likely scenario is they build a new Arrowhead where Kaufman is. That's what I think. That, honestly... Is there any other thing that happens? Because they can do what Kansas well, City's talking options, about. Yeah. But with more space, they can build new Arrowhead where Kaufman is. They can demolish Arrowhead. And then they can have, because 
the owners of the Chiefs are not going to say, cool, awesome $2 billion project with shops and hotels that you have there. We're fine. We just want like a building that they play football in. <laughs> no, that's not what's going to happen. And I know your initial reaction is the same. Like, do we really need two separate entertainment districts right near each other? And what I think is, I think the projects will end up looking kind of different. Yes. The Chiefs will just have more things for game day experience related things in my mind. They might move the practice facility up that way, even though it's already on that ground. They're going to do things that make it feel like an all-encompassing project, but I have a hard time imagining that even if they do build a new arrowhead on that area, that it's going to rival that of the Inglewood project or Jerry world yeah, where well, it is the battery, idea. because I don't think we're building that twice. No. The Royals are smart to get ahead of it. They'll have more amenities than they do now at new so, arrowhead, but they have the same problems with concrete and old stadium and not old enough to be Lambo or the other ones, but not new enough to not need renovation or major money or a teardown, like, it is the exact same problem as Kaufman so, from a development standpoint. We know Green Bay, and the Chiefs actually play at Lambeau next year, um, and you may have caught it when they come back all the time for Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, or just a big game on Fox like they had against the Cowboys at Lambeau, and they have that, t- they call it Title Town. That's their area, and to what you were saying, it has a giant, it's not even really a practice field, it's basically also used for, like, fans can go hang out. They have a giant yeah. replica field, in this title town area that has a hotel that has some residential. And that that's like, that's perhaps what's something that the chiefs could do on the Truman sports complex site. It's a big, it's site. a little bit different. It's not, it's not completely. It has look the, the, the Royals ballpark district. They want to have residential hotel retail office space in downtown or near downtown, but you could still do a, again, title town. It's like a small Patriots. The Patriots have something similar as well. there by Gillette stadium where it's a much smaller scale, but you, like you said, I think it's a great point. It's like have, you know, the, the photo for those of you watching on the stream, you know, there's a, there's basically this, this, this field that's right next to the stadium. And there's, you can tell there's some apartments or something right by it. Stuff like that maybe is a possibility still, even out of Arrowhead. I think that that's probably what's most likely because the only other thing that seems even plausible to me is that they moved to Kansas. And that would imply that the state of Missouri was going to give money to the Royals or help the Royals or whatever. The Royals get their whole big stadium project. And then Missouri is going to be willing to lose their only remaining NFL football team. I think we would be having a very different conversation, Gold, if the Rams were still in St. Louis and it wouldn't feel as bad for them to have somebody jump over the state line Kansas City wouldn't feel, you know, but they're not going to let them. Missouri has an NFL team, and they're not going to let it go. That's not why lose I don't, the second team. Yeah, whatever the gambling stuff is that they put in, posturing at best, in my opinion, because that gambling fund from the the, the sports wagering that exists in Kansas to um, specifically, I think, steal the Chiefs, like, it's not going to work because Missouri is not going to let them go. Wow. Yeah, it's not going to work also because as we, we talked about this, the, it's, it's not even anywhere near the type of money that would actually be Enough realistic. to justify I think it's 80% well, be- of all sports wagering revenues in Kansas, and you're talking about at best-case scenario, not definitely not in year one, you're talking about $5 million going into that fund per year. By uh, it could take 10 years just to get to 50 million. We're talking about billions of dollars. Could you projects, even buy so. an, entire stadi- like an entire stadium project's worth of bathrooms for $5 million? Would that even just get you bathrooms? 
I, I don't Nick, think so. Nick's our expert on bathroom costs these days. I think I think he would probably tell you that, man. The price of toilets have Nick, gone up. What's the so what's the really God, difficult, switch really, to the video really stream? Difficult. Literally, when it was like, could not have been closer to your face. Why are you doing Nick's that? Nick's adjusting his camera, and it's it is right in his face. <laughs> Pay attention. I was. I'm li- I'm like, I'm back. No one has to see. They can just hear you. Damn it, dude. I was actually trying to pay attention and do a nice thing and put you on camera in a moment in which you were going to be speaking. <laughs> but it was a stupid thing to come to me on because I'm obviously not the expert on bathrooms. At no point have I purported to be an expert on bathrooms. You were talking about the trough bathrooms yeah. earlier. I kind of thought maybe, you know, you wanted to be a part of multiple bathroom conversations. My apologies. I was clearly wrong. I, I think- told you I was saving my bathroom talks. For the random question of the day. All, the only thing they need to do between the Chiefs, the airport, and the Royals this time is separate them by a little. They're doing it already. <laughs> airport now. Royals will be, let's call it, five years. Feels like a reasonable time estimate based on all the information they put out yesterday. So, airport this year. Next year. But yeah, I got soon. you. I got you. The Royals, five years from now. Not quite as much separate as you want. you got to get the Chiefs, in my opinion, to five years past that. I know that sounds like a lot. But you have got to push because if by some chance they make a mistake in either of these stadiums and it's a it's a Texas Rangers situation and they're hitting you back up 20 years from now from a for a different, new, even better stadium, you better have these things separated a little bit. Because teams do do that. You gotta like to me, the whole thing about this is, and I understand it's not gonna last forever, but I would like that if they're gonna spend this money on the Royal Stadium, they're gonna spend this money on the they're gonna spend this money on a new arrowhead. I would like them to build it the way they did this time and get me 50 years. I'm not trying to do this again in 15. The Titans have had to redo theirs too soon. The Rangers have had to redo theirs too soon. Like some, even Tampa Bay stadium, which isn't old enough to be as big of a dump as it is. I'm not trying to have this conversation 20 years from now. Can we build the kind of area and entertainment? I'm not saying it might never need a renovation, but we, can we build the kind of arena or stadium that can hold up over the course of time? That that's really what I'm looking for. And look, I have no debt to say look, we we've gone through the the fair questions, concerns that everybody has had about like somebody the, saying the tax the, percent, the one percent tax rate. And, and we'll get back into that, I promise, in the one o'clock hour today, just the the parking concerns, the ticket pricing concerns, the tax concerns, all that stuff. The one thing I don't doubt, whatever the finished product is, I do think they're going to put together an incredible stadium and an incredible project with the ballpark district. Like tell me one new stadium that's been built that you think, man, that place just flat out. Okay, yeah. so has the up. inside has of the Ranger stadium is very nice. The outside yeah. of their stadium looks like a Menard. Yeah. No, well, but I like, know they're not building a roof Kaufman stadium. We're not gonna, it's not going to look like a damn warehouse. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, I, I know it's not gonna, it looks like a Menard. Okay, man. We're talking about the, the outside of that stadium. The, looks inside, like garbage. the inside is incredible. I've been told though. We're talking about visuals though. So in terms of, has there ever been a stadium built where people just hated the experience of going to the I'm stadium. talking about stadiums that have been built in the last 10 or 15 years where you're like, the inside, people are like, why do they spend all this money? The stadium sucks. Not the not the on-field product stinks. Lately, that has not occurred as much. Like no. the, Miami's, the, the Miami Marlins have a beautiful stadium. The team sucks. I'm not talking about the team still sucking. I'm talking about... No, we've been in that stadium. And it's remember? a very nice stadium. Quite nice. The team sucks still. My point being is, like, I have no doubt that whatever the finished product would be, I'm sure it's the stadium's going to be gonna pretty badass now. It's, it's not going to be Kaufman. It's not. It's tough, I hope they the bring some elements. Some, some I hope the they bring some elements. Have such good sight lines. 
San Francisco's yeah. got the bay, Look, we don't the have a bridge bay. We in don't Pittsburgh. Have a, we, don't, we don't have that, unfortunately. The, the mountains in Colorado. Yeah, we don't, we don't have the mountains. We, we don't have a Golden Gate Bridge. And we, we, there's some things we just don't. You know, there's We're going to put some stuff behind it. It needs to look cool behind, not just here's a slightly muddy river. That's all. <laughs> just be nice. If, sight lines would be cool. That's all. I yeah. think the stadium. There's some limitations with that because of the sun and all kinds of stuff like that. Can't really just We're move. We're going to get back to Nick's idea move, later in the show about that. Just move the sun. We'll talk more about the stadium. But can you move the stadium? <laughs> stadium projects. Can you move the stadium? And what Andy Reid had to say about the running back by committee. Sounds like they're going to keep that going with Josh Klingler, our chief sideline reporter, next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 12 minutes or so. But it is that time to talk with our chief silent reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network, host of Fesco in the Morning, Josh Klingler. You hear him from 6 to 10 here on 610. Uh, eventually, we'll get you in studio with, with the video just because. Uh, just we have, we have a graphic and everything set up for you now, but we'll eventually get you, I think, in studio um, before we get to on the field stuff, your reaction with the stadium news, because I think it has a huge impact on what the chiefs are going to do as well. Yeah. I mean, not a surprise. Um, you know, I'd like to know exactly where it's going to be, but as far as the downtown portion of it, um, I'm, I am curious all told there's, that's a lot of money total between, between that and what the chiefs are probably going to want to do. And so uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm glad I don't have to do the math for everybody because uh, that's a lot of projects in a short amount of time that are probably going to have to be done to kind of appease both teams. So um, we'll see, but uh, moving downtown's cool. I I'm, I'm all in favor of downtown baseball. I think downtown baseball is going to be a lot of fun. Are the chiefs just like biding their time? Like they, I feel like they're going to announce their desire to have a new stadium on the arrowhead site. Just as soon as the Royals are like, we'll be in our new downtown stadium on whatever of 2027, right? The second I feel like they come down with the announcement and whatever tax thing is figured out, then the Chiefs will start talking is my guess. But that's, I mean, that's going to be, you know, at, at best back to back, right? I yeah, mean, why that's... not bundle it? Why not bundle it like they did for the renovation? Put them both on the ballot at the same time. That way it's, if the Chiefs are rolling with Mahomes, it also helps the issue of, for those that may say, well, the baseball team's not winning. I'm not voting what for it. What about the football team? They win plenty. Yeah, true. That's not a, that's not a bad play to, to go ahead and do that. I, I don't know if the timing would work. And also, you know, I don't know what I don't know what each is going to ask for too. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what yeah. each is going to ask for. We know that the that the Royals have said that it will not cost Jackson County taxpayers any more than they're currently paying now. Um, if you lump that together, I can't imagine that there's not going to be some kind of bump, right? So, yeah, I suppose it depends what they're asking if they're on the same page. But I mean, I know the that both of them are exploring. You know what they're going to do with stadiums. The Chiefs are underway with obviously looking at you know all kinds of scenarios. In terms of you know revamping or replacing or building new or what have you, so their full comprehensive plan is underway. Um, yeah, when you're asking, 
everybody for money though. <laughs> yeah. How do you go about that plan? No one, no one wants to do that. Ask that's a lot for a city. I mean, look at like sports cities. I, I don't know. I'd have to look and I haven't really delved into it, but I'm just thinking there's probably not a lot of places that have done like five double ask or a double stadium at the same time. Maybe Pittsburgh comes to mind when they, uh, you know, got out of their one stadium and went to two, but that's a lot in a short amount of time for a market, for sure. I think what's crazy about it, Kling, is it's not like they, in retrospect, they obviously would have done it a little bit different. But this isn't like today's problem. This is what happened in the late 60s, early 70s when they built the airport and two stadiums at the same time. So now it's like, hey, here's your big fancy airport, now stadiums again. It's like they just happen to be coming up because you decided to put two stadiums on the same site together. And their lease expires at the same time. Like, in retrospect, it feels like they might not have done that. Yeah, you'd love to stagger it. I think if you're, if you're, any, yeah. if you're any city, you'd love to stagger that, that, uh, that ask or that request that's coming in rather than one bill due at the same time. Might be, might, be a, might be a challenge. We'll see. We'll see how much. I mean, each team, I think, is going to be putting in a bunch of money. So, um, you know, uh, I am curious, though, eventually where the Chiefs one goes because – it's, I mean, I've been to LA and I've been to Vegas now and, you know, Clark Hunt has been as well. Um, you can't help but walk in those new stadiums in the FC West and go, oh my goodness. And so uh, whatever they have in store, I got to imagine there's, there's, there's a little stadium envy going on in the FC West right now. We're talking to Josh Klingler, Chief Sider Reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. On the field, though, with the Chiefs, we, we got a little bit of update on the injury front. They got a couple wide receivers, three of them not practicing today. McCall Harmon, MVS, and then Juju, of course, uh, also in, in concussion protocol. Uh, do, what, what are you kind of hearing maybe on the McColl front? It's weird. They're calling it an ab, abdominal illness, not injury. Illness was the wording. He yeah, used. that's that's I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the clarification is of that either, because I don't I don't know what that means. I it don't was know. like a pancreas or something <laughs> and they didn't tell us. I yeah, I don't know that he's got. Yeah, it's something maybe even non-football related. Who knows? Right. So, um, yeah, it's 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 strange to think because maybe just maybe the Chargers are getting back a couple of wide receivers this week. And the Chiefs, you know, with with an illness, you don't know. Is this a, is this a is this just a not feeling well and you're back at the end of the week kind of thing, um, or does it drag out? Or um, we know, and I'm, I'm I'm using this facetiously. We know we know COVID doesn't exist in the NFL anymore, so right. <laughs> so yeah. you, you never seem to have to like sit out for a long period of time if you're quote unquote ill anymore. So if, if it's a short you know short day thing, yeah, not a problem. You know, Juju, you, you you knew that was probably going to be one that wasn't going to be um, this week. Um, McColl, I think you're probably hopeful it was going to be, but who knows if where that one's progressing to. And then you know, hopefully MVS can can uh, flip it around and be back. And you're still dealing with a little bit of shorthanded, but um, you know, hey, more Who doesn't want to see more Kadarius Tony? You know, at this point in time, we've uh, we've already sped up that clock. Let's go ahead no and kidding. expand his uh, his route tree a little bit. Andy and Pat both got asked questions about it, which makes sense because if the Chiefs win this game, the division is definitively over. I I had declared it dead the week three mark after they had beaten the Chargers, which I think by most people's account was a bit premature, but not so fast, Kling. It looks like right now the division is completely done. Signed, sealed, delivered this Sunday, the week before Thanksgiving if they beat the Chargers. Yeah, have to win first, obviously, and the, and the, the Chargers – will be a remarkable story if they knock off the Chiefs. I mean, their ability to stay in games, their ability to overcome injuries. I think uh, I talked to my sideline counterpart in, in L.A., uh, Shannon Farron, who said they had like seven, they had 17 players 
that have uh, have missed time. Twelve of them starters, and so they they've been through just about everything, and so and to still be in the mix. But you're right, with a win on Sunday, this division won't you won't have an X by the Chiefs in the in the standings officially. But uh, for all intents and purposes, you have you have slammed the door on the division. Um, the Chiefs that would give the the Chargers their fifth loss, uh, and as well as you know. 0-2 against the uh, the Chiefs. So, yeah, you pretty much locked up the division with the win on Sunday. Uh, a victory for the Chargers keeps them in the mix and, and doesn't make it um, a, a done deal. I mean, I'd rather finish the division off first and then go to, to bigger and better. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to see the Chargers still linger around in this thing. So finish it off on Sunday would be great. Feels like the, the Chiefs are in a spot, though, unlike where we thought this division was going to be, of course. It's really what the AFC East is this year. But, why can't the Chiefs actually go on this ridiculous run anywhere close to what Brady did with the AFC East, where that was a terrible division? You know, I would have thought that this year would have been the, the challenge, of course, for Kansas City. But why, why can't they rattle off 10, 11 or 12 straight based off of the problems long term that the, the Broncos, for example, or the Raiders are going to have? Yeah, I mean, they absolutely can. And then then you can even just say coach quarterback. I mean, who's going to be close to eclipsing you in the court coach quarterback dynamic, which I think is always, always a big one. I mean, no one's going to close the gap for that for a long time. So continue to put pieces around Patrick Mahomes and, and yeah, you have a, every opportunity to continue to kind of rule this uh, division. I guess that, and that's like, to me, then they've all made a mistake. They all put all their chips in the middle and they had the worst hand cling. Like they, they thought they had it together. Maybe the chargers is simply just injury related, but another year off of their books is another year that their defense gets older and it's already not good. Their offensive skill position players get older and they're already hurt a lot. And, you know, Brandon Staley either keeps or doesn't keep his job and they have to reset with a new coach and a new offensive system and teach Justin Herbert other things. And while he's a great quarterback, we know that that can take a little bit of time to readjust to depending on the level of quarterback you are. Like if it's Tom Brady right, in year 12, you don't worry about coach. Yeah. If it's Tom Brady in year 12, you don't worry about him changing systems. But if it's Justin Herbert as third coach in five years, you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, everybody's playing Everybody's playing from behind. The, the Russell Wilson thing not working out, at least for now, uh, looks looks uh, terrible. Those two coaches at the bottom of the division are in, in no great shape right now. Um, whatever the Raiders do, um, you got to think they're going to make either personnel moves or the coaching move or maybe both at the end. Uh, they may make the quarterback move at the end of the year too. So, um, yeah, it's 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 this is the Chiefs division until uh, further notice. The Chargers are the only ones that are even even close, and I think there's still plenty of people that have questions about the head coach. So, how, how do you see the backfield going the rest of the way here for the Chiefs? Because we saw Clyde only got six snaps. Uh, he had two passes thrown to him. Andy kind of downplayed it, like, oh, we just happened to have some three and outs in the rotation. That's why he didn't get on the field. I don't know if I'm buying that fully. However, I Cody and I disagree on this. I, I don't think we should assume Clyde is just not going to have a role the rest of the season. I don't either. I can't, I can't write it off because they could just flip it. And, you know, I, I compared Pacheco to a basketball uh, lineup the, the last time when, when Pacheco wasn't getting, we all said, what's, what's going on with Pacheco? I said, well, I felt like Andy Reid was that coach that had that eighth guy. They really wanted to get some playing time to, and he looked on the bench and realized, oh crap, I didn't get him in the game. And then the <laughs> next game you're, you're moving him to the, to the sixth spot on the bench. So you make sure you can try to get him more PT. I felt like they did that with Pacheco the last time. It sounds like similar vibes this time. Like there were more things for Pacheco in that matchup. Plus he ran hard. And I still think that, 
you know, the the hot hand is probably going to get the football. I don't think that they've written him off at all. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a game game soon. Maybe it's Sunday. Who knows? Uh, they're they're a mess along the defensive line in uh, in L.A. right now. So you'd like to think the Chiefs are going to try to run the football a lot at that line, but um, maybe it's a game where it flip flops, where you have Clyde Edge. Edwards Alaire with 12 carries and Pacheco's got seven or something. I, I think there'll be one of those games at least still to come. But, you know, I, I think I think Pacheco uh, has asserted himself as a kind of different kind of runner, runs hard. Obviously, um, they maybe if he if he completes that drive, guys, last week, I'm like, I could contend if he completes that drive and doesn't fumble, CH might be in the next the next series. He does fumble. They want to get him the football back. They put him back in, you know. So I don't know exactly how the rotation is going to be. I can't. I can't imagine any of us can kind of predict because it seems like they're they really are trying to use everybody when and all possible. Josh Klingler, silent reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. You'll hear him out in L.A. on Sunday night. Now it's Sunday night football, which means uh, are you going to be doing the show Monday then? From uh, well, I guess no. You'll be taking the charter back. I was I was going to wonder if you're going to be I doing think a show. I s- I saw the itinerary and it's got a uh, it's got a 3 a.m. arrival. So, so you're going to be sleeping um, in a cot at the Odyssey building. Well, not even sleeping. I think you're probably just on the plane. Maybe if times out right. Just going, you know, straight. Oof. Just straight calling through. Sick. Just calling sick. It's all nighter. Calling sick, Kling. It's fine. No one will care. No, we need his views. I can from sleep the on si- the plane. We need the views from <laughs> views from the sideline Monday morning on Fesco in the morning. Thanks, Kling. You bet. There you go. Always good to have Kling give us some insight there. And, yeah, that backfield situation is truly, I think, week to week. Going to keep an eye on that. Let's get to the random question today. Random question. For you, Gold. For you, Nick. And over in the J South Toast service text line, 913-586-7610. Of course, the random question today brought to you by the window source of Kansas City. Uh, I Nick asked for it earlier, and so we will oblige. So you can hit us up on the text line, 913-586-7610, or on the live stream comments. What is your must-have thing for the new stadium? I'll start. I think that it should be under 28,000 seats. Stop building stadiums with more and more seating. We're going the opposite direction. Create a cool atmosphere. Make it more likely that the game is sold out under a regular basis. And for those games that it's really popular and more people want to show up, it's just going to be a hot ticket. But I like the idea of a smaller stadium. And we've seen other teams kind of move in that direction versus, hey, these used to be 50,000. Now let's make them 60. No, let's take this back in a little bit. No need for a 37,000 seat downtown stadium. Give me like 28, 29. Yes, I agree with you. Again, we're nitpicking on the number. I, I think he's probably still want to be at least at 30, but I'm fully on board with what you're saying, and I think you're right on there's no need for 37,000. You look at average attendance across baseball, and there's just so many more inter, like so many more options that, that people consume games with. Um, I don't think you need a 37,000 seat stadium, but I also think 28 to me is a little too small. I think it's like, can you find something in that 30 to 32 range? Do you know how many teams averaged 30,000 this year? I mean, it was... Five teams, six teams in the league. Let's Dodgers, make it even. Yankees, no, let's Cardinals. make it super. Let's make it like fifteen thousand. Super okay, no, exclusive. Come on, I don't no, know that. No, come on. It's like really a red, a really red tough, velvet yeah, rope. Yeah, I mean, really tough to get in. Make it a difficult ticket, huh? Yeah, I, I, th- I need. I think you guys need to. Start then it would be prob- then, then the concern people have about ticket pricing actually would be a legitimate problem. If, if but the average attendance was nineteen thousand this year. I understand. Yeah, a nineteen thousand people in a thirty thousand seat stadium most of the days. That's gonna feel like the game yeah. means more. I like some of the suggestions that we had it's earlier also, in the show. Barbecue fountains. Okay. Um, 
No Multiple. shoes? Didn't someone want yeah, an know, area for know, no shoes? A no shoes segment. The person did text it in and clarified. They said they have gout, so sometimes they need to let the puppies breathe. They thought, oh. Cody, you'd probably be able to relate to that. Um, multiple sizes of toilets, right? Toilets for short people, toilets for really tall people than your average toilet. I think there should be like a nostalgic section. There should be an 80s section where it's just like trough toilets and, you know, none of the fancy food options, none of the nacho helmets, just old school food items. Nacho helmet, I think, is pretty old school baseball concession. Casey Kurt does say to bring outfield wals in so players can hit more Well, that's not a terrible idea. Field dimensions is something we should absolutely consider as part of this discussion. We know fountains have to be out there, and I feel pretty confident they will incorporate fountains. I'd like if more homers went into them. You guys know how I feel about the Lazy Susan idea. Obviously, I'm not going to Why do you think Susan's so lazy? Why do you keep mentioning that with her? It's really, there's people that are listening, their wife is named Susan. I think it's it'd be so perfect to have a stadium that can rotate based off the angle of the sun so that the sun's never in your eyes. <laughs> and so sometimes it can look downtown and other times it can look elsewhere. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Fountains, Crown Vision. Roller coaster. Wait, roller coaster? No. That's new. Where? Why? Why? The Milwaukee Brewers have a, a, a slide in there. So yeah, you're but saying not... I should be better with a roller coaster, The fans Nick? don't go down the slide, though, Nick. Just the mascot. Someone says they'd like us three permanently in the catch-up. The, the... We have to show up every game. God, could you imagine? 81 <laughs> nights a year. We're just strapping oh, those man. costumes We'd on. be damn good at it by the end of the year, though. Oh, my we'd God. Be, yeah. we'd, we'd be ready to roll. We'd have every like little like trick. Every little nuance. We'd all cheat way more. Like, oh, if yeah. it was just the three of us, I'd trip both of you sometimes. I would set things up to say. Oh, yeah. It'd be yeah, like, yeah. you know, uh, in the president's race where, like, Teddy jumps out of the crowd to tackle people. That would be going down. It'd be chaos be chaos to try to get this thing even yeah i think that sounds like a fantastic idea <laughs> now that i'm talking about it, it sounds like fun definitely so as, times feels like a lot as major league baseball gets more uh will, willing to accept it and also with sports betting being legalized i think you got to have a little lounge that involves sports betting a sports book lounge somehow oh that right ooh. outside the stadium or what if it. we could by then it'll be legal what if we anyway. could get a partnership so. with our new our, i mean it doesn't exist yet obviously <laughs> but once we start can of bets. Uh-huh. What if we could get a partnership with the Royals to put a can of bets in the stadium? Sure. Why not? Weed betting. Boom. Well, we've talked about that. In the stadium. You're actually required to be high to bet at can of bets. Wait, doesn't, doesn't gambling have to be legal in Missouri for that to happen? Yeah, but it's within, it'll be legal by the time this stadium's In seven built. years, it's going to be legal. You never know, man. A lot can I'm change. I'm willing to... To bet you so that it will be. Well, you just can't bet me at the <laughs> yeah. new Royals I mean, We're in Kansas, stadium. though. We're in Kansas, though. Okay. I can bet you right here. Okay. Someone said padded toilet seats like in oh, your grandma's oh. house. <laughs> <laughs> padded seats. <laughs> Way too much air in them. Uh, yeah. Uh, can we invent new? I like that we all know exactly what that yes. guy was talking Can we invent new toilets? Because like, the worst place to ever have to go and sit down at mm-hmm. a bathroom is at a stadium. Everyone's just yes. in a gut for, for you guys. You want a sound controlled? No, no, not sound thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with the, you know, the, the splatter on the toilet seats. Oh, what can wow. we do about that? Aim better, man. That's no. tough. We've just been, aim. we've been working on that for that's, decades. Well, that's still the biggest solution to this. Required sitting. If you go into the stall, <laughs> mandatory <laughs> sitting when you use the restroom from now on. Mandatory sitting. Just th- sorry. This is where this is where oh, we are now. Man. You've had too many beers. 
You're so, required to sit down, sir. Someone wants the stadium seats to be see-through. I don't know why. How would that help? Because what, what, there's still going to be someone sitting yeah, in those what, seats. Why, why do you, seriously, what's the lot, why do you want the seats to be see-through? You know what? Hey, no bad ideas. So like when, no the, bad so ideas. when the stadium's empty, it just looks... I'm confused. Like I'm in a snow globe or what? I don't know what we're going for here. Yeah. But Nick's right. Oh, no bad ideas. Dude, speaking of snow globe, people want domes. Yeah. Snow globe? Yeah. How about a clear dome? Why has nobody tried that? Big glass dome. I mean, doesn't the, the Rams Chargers Stadium kind of have a little bit of that effect? A little no, bit. but I'm talking about full snow like, globe. Almost like Bubble Boy. Like a snow globe. <laughs> I was going to think They've about another great comedy. Machines from Biodome. the top. Yeah. Someone says a winning baseball team to add to New State. Well, touche. Um... I mean, can they do that too? You might be more likely to get the lazy Susan thing right now. Although wow. I, wow. Wow. Dude, are you kidding me? Like I said today, right now. They haven't won in four did we years. Have a, <laughs> did we have a lazy Susan seven years ago? You know what? Uh, something else happened seven, seven years, years ago. ago. How about this, guys? From the 785. <laughs> from the 785, best way to keep bathrooms clean. No bathrooms. <laughs> Hold it all game. <laughs> Wait till you get home. <laughs> no, because then it becomes uh. like this is going to be a Northlanders reference only. If you do that, then it becomes the inside of the penguin at Penguin Park. Just reeks of urine. What the hell is that? I said it was going to be a reference only for people who grew up in the Northland. I warned you. There's a park called Penguin Park. There's a bunch of, like, essentially, uh, not paper mache, but they're just like, like, I can't think of the word. Textland says, by the way, the bubble idea, Nick, so you're trying to turn to a greenhouse. You know how hot the state would be (laughs) if you just had this clear, warm bubble. We could grow plants in there, too. (laughs) Save the environment. Yeah. (laughs) Ever heard of it? The one thing, you know, we actually haven't brought up, though, with and this is where the capacity and the seating might matter and impact. We know when the Royals renovated Kauffman Stadium, the All-Star Game came here. Yeah. You think new stadium, you also expect All-Star Game eventually coming back. Yeah. But there are still, like, requirements for capacity usually. So that'll be interesting to see. But that's... Baseball should change that that's, stuff. Um, that's something that you could also expect, though. If they're going to build a new stadium, they're getting an All-Star Game within five years of it being opened or so. I understand, but like baseball should shouldn't hold on to those rules, knowing where their sport is going. Just make it entertaining for as many people that will come to your game. Like that's that's really how this needs to go. I, there are so many people that are asking to bring back the urine troughs. How that's is so this? Bad. How is it a thing that people want those back? Because not awful. everybody, not everybody's as uppity as you guys. I know they don't uppity? have uppity I know by don't, just having a, a, a I urinal. Like a very small uh, yeah. amount of privacy. Yeah. I didn't even ask for a partition. <laughs> I just have to not be in the same cavernous hey, hole. I'm sorry. I know they don't have troughs up in the suites where you guys like to sit, but some of us have some nostalgic memories of. Oh, you enjoy the the splatter of someone else's pee? Is that what you enjoy? <laughs> I didn't mind pee. it. Is that what someone you enjoy? I didn't mind it. Is that what you enjoy? It. There's something communal about all of us just kind of <laughs> kicking into the same bucket. Hmm. I don't like it. It's like, hey, you're you're you know what? You may be from a different walk of life to the left, same to you on the right, but <laughs> today we're all human. Oh, someone says a fighting section. Helmets provided. <laughs> okay. I don't know why you need helmets. If you're fighting, is that because they're fighting. like boxing helmets or like a baseball helmet, but you fight in them instead? <laughs> Someone says so much faster with those, though, because even if it doesn't feel like there's room, you could just squeeze right in there. Can't uh, you? Hey, yeah, but, hey, get on in here. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, it's so gross. I don't want to go back to that. I really, really, Such really Such a don't. prude. <laughs> Why? Again, I don't think that this is the thing. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll get to the one o'clock hour. That, of course, was the random question 
of the day. There's one area where the Chiefs could improve and it would make a drastic difference. We'll tell you just where they actually rank in one particular category. That's surprised a lot of us. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.